Welcome to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. Let's get inspired. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's episode. I'm your hostess, Amy Latta, and I am excited to talk with you about cultivating your brand. So if we are strangers, my name is Amy Latta, and I am the creator behind amylattacreations.com, where I share all kinds of DIY projects, crafts, and my specialty, hand lettering. I am also a mom boss, an entrepreneur, um, an author of several books, and this podcast is devoted to helping those of you who are also in the creative realm with all kinds of things that you may have questions about, whether it's certain types of crafting or whether it's something like today's topic that has more to do with creating a brand and a business. So I had some questions recently in my Facebook group, which is called Amy Latta and Friends. If you are not a part of that, I would encourage you to join in. Uh, You can search for it and request to join and we'll approve you right away so that you can jump in and share some inspiration. But I often ask, you know, if there are things that people would like covered in the podcast. And one of the things that recently came up was for those who whether you have a blog yourself or starting one out, whether you like to teach workshops at your local libraries and in various places in your community, whether you are selling things on Etsy or in craft markets, things like that, uh, people who are starting to create their own brand of some kind in the creative space, um, how to go about doing that, how to go about um making it consistent, making it recognizable. And so I thought that that would be a good topic for today. So obviously, if you are a creative who finds yourself in that position where you're starting a business or trying to get it off the ground, um, trying to grow your business, this is for you. This also may be for you if you are a behind the scenes social media person for um, someone else, for a different organization, for example, um, you know, I recently took over the social media accounts for my church. I manage our Facebook page as well as our Instagram. I also run the Facebook page for the school PTO where my kids go to school. Um, so if you find yourself in a position like that, this could be some helpful tips for you. I know if you work for a large company, like um, one of our readers, Ashley, um, total sweetheart, she manages the social media for Paper Source at one of our local locations in Pikesville, um, and she does an amazing job on their social media. And she has certain guidelines because it's a national brand that she has to work within, so she has less flexibility than if it's your own business. However, she still infuses personality and things like that, some of the things that we're talking about today, into that account. She does an amazing job for them. So um, whether you work for a large company, a little organization, um, you know, whether it's your local church, your Girl Scout troop, or your neighborhood Facebook page, um, these are things that you can take into consideration as well, because every organization organization has a brand. So um, today we're going to start looking at cultivating your brand by asking a series of three basic questions. What does your brand stand for? Who are you? And what does it look like? So we're going to explore each of those a little bit more in depth, starting with the first question, what does your brand stand for? And I think that this is the first question that you need to answer as you're taking this journey. Because if your business or organization exists, it does so for a reason. You're there with a goal. You're there to provide a particular service or to offer something of value. So in my case, for Amy Latta Creations, what I'm offering is creativity. My brand is all about creating, about art, hand lettering, 
It's about teaching others to do things, um, to create, to make beautiful things. So besides the immediate thing that you do, whatever that is, you know, like the PTO, you know, exists to support the teachers, it exists to support the school, the church, obviously, we know why that exists. Um, but besides those immediate things, your brand also inherently encompasses some other things. So for example, let's say that you are a small business with a shop on Main Street downtown. So you have some values inherent to that. So you have an investment in your local community and other small businesses and things that are happening locally in your town. For me, in addition to creativity, I stand for empowering everyone to create, especially those who feel the least artistic. I stand for girl bosses and entrepreneurs. I stand for trying new things with your art and taking risks. I stand for making things with your hands in a world that is increasingly everything digital. All of those things are part of what Amy Latta Creations is at the very core. So that means that everything that I do, everything I say, everything I post should always align with that. So if you're looking through my social you will never ever see me post a picture of somebody's craft gone wrong with a caption poking fun at it. I have seen other bloggers do that and it makes me sick to my stomach. And, you know, it just goes against the core of what my business, my brand, and myself are all about. I never want to discourage someone. I never want to mock someone for what they're trying to do artistically. So the only craft fails fails that you'll hear me mention are my own. And if you've listened to other episodes of this podcast, you'll know it's not completely unusual for me to do that. But the reason that I share about my own craft fails are for the sake of you learning from them and not being discouraged when your own happen, because they will. But it's not pointing fingers. It's not laughing at failure except for the fact that it's a common experience. It's encouragement. It's growing together. It's not giving up. Once you know what your brand stands for, it's time to go a little bit deeper and ask ourselves that second question, which is who are you? The bottom line here to remember is that people do not connect with businesses and organizations. People connect with people. So the followers that you already have or those followers that you want to attract are not interested in engaging with a business account. They are interested in engaging with the person behind it. Like it or not, your brand represents you, who you are. Yes, it may be business, but it's also very personal. So when it comes to branding, you always need to be true to who you are. And this is what differentiates us from all the other businesses and brands out there. If you take a look at what I do on Instagram, I'm a hand lettering artist and most of what I share is lettered art. There are probably more than 10,000 other Instagram accounts of people doing the same thing, creating hand lettering and sharing it every day. So what makes mine stand out? Hopefully, it's both the quality of the content that I create and the mixture of the personality that comes through what I share. On Instagram, I'm the funny girl. I'm the one who's providing your laugh for the day, the one who is looking at what life throws all of our way and finds a way to laugh about it because that's what gets me through the day. I'm a very real person. I'm a mom. I'm a boy mom to two teenagers, one of whom is adopted. I'm an artist. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a lover of coffee 
I'm a hater of exercise, even though I know I ought to do it and I want to be skinny, I hate to do it. I'm terrible at sports, I'm afraid of the ball, can't swim, I hate cooking, and I cannot keep a houseplant alive for a million dollars. I want to, but I can't, and I'm also allergic to flowers. I'm spontaneous, and it's not at all unusual for my family to come home and find that while they were at work or school, I painted a piece of furniture or maybe the bathroom walls. I love people individually, and I want to be an awesome friend, but I'm also a big-time introvert who loves nothing better than sitting on the couch with my cat and watching Netflix. So all of those things rolled up into a ball plus some more are me which means that all of those things come together to inform the decisions that I make about what I post every day. I have to be consistent and I have to be true to who I am because if I post something about running and there's not a bear chasing me, everyone who actually knows me will call foul on that post. If I share a project with a flourishing garden, those in my life will ask who I paid to take care of it and they will know that it wasn't me. You have to be true to yourself, quirks and all. And that's the best part. When you let your personality shine through what you post, people will connect and engage with it, whether they have those things in common or not. You know, I have posted things about not exercising or not running, and I have people who are like, yes, sister, me too. And then I have people who say, oh, actually, I love to run. But, you know, that's still funny. You'll never find me sharing something that has a curse word in it because I don't swear except in my head when I step on a Lego. You won't find me sharing about Fortnite because I absolutely hate it and my kids aren't allowed to play it. If you get to the point where you are employing a VA to help with any of your social sharing, you need to make sure that they have a thorough understanding of this concept because if they share something and it's under your name and your brand but it goes against your personality and voice, your followers will pick up on it in a heartbeat. I am really fortunate because my VA is also my best friend, and she knows me pretty darn well. She's really good at knowing what I would say or do, even though in many ways she's my polar opposite. So, you know, she would be the one posting things about how great it is to go camping. But for my sake, on my site, for my brand, she'll post something that says my idea of camping is a five-star hotel because she knows that's true for me. Even though she knows me so well, we still have some written guidelines just to make sure that the brand is upheld. It's so important that you be true to who you are. I cannot tell you how many other bloggers and small business owners I've had opportunities to meet at conferences and other things like that. And every time it's so interesting to see who's exactly like I imagined them, and who is completely different. And I'm not just talking about profile pictures, although that's an issue in and of itself. you got to post a real picture. Some people post these really fake headshots that, you know, maybe how they looked 15 years ago, and then you see them in person, and they look nothing like it, and they come up and introduce themselves, and you're like, wait, that's not that person. That's not you. And that's not what you want to portray. You want to be real. You want to be you because you will meet people sometimes, especially if you're a local business. People are going to come into your shop and see you. So when I teach a workshop in my community or when I speak on a big stage at a place like Pinner's Conference, wherever it is, when I'm interacting with people in real life who may have had interaction with me socially or on my blog, I want people to leave thinking, oh, she's just like I imagined her. I want them to feel like they had a good run-in with a friend that they just hadn't seen in a really long time, 
versus thinking, oh, wow, that's completely different than my online experience. The third question that you need to ask yourself is how does it look? And this is, you know, the overall visual aesthetic for your brand. We're talking about the header of your website, your headshot. We're talking about your branding um, coming through your logo on all your social sites. And let me just say this about the appearance. Whether your style is clean and simple, bold and whimsical, or dark and elegant, whatever you choose The important thing is that it should be the same across every single platform that you have. The most significant choice that you're making here isn't exactly the colors or the logo or anything about how it actually looks, but the fact that it's consistent. Now, when it comes to logos themselves, I recommend having someone create or you create a logo on a transparent background because it's simple and easy to replicate and to put on different things in different places. Choose a color scheme that you love because you're going to be working with it hopefully for a long time to come and it's hard to make those switches. And I'm telling you these things today as someone who has learned the hard way. I didn't know any of this when I started my business seven years ago. And if you looked way back at the very first version of my blog, it looked nothing like it looks today. I was going for whimsical and fun. I was also at the time called One Artsy Mama. We'll talk about names in a second. But I had these pink and orange flowers because they were like a free graphic that I could find and this really whimsical kind of font. And, you know, I stuck with the pink and orange for a while because I... I was afraid to make that shift over, but really what I have now, the teals and the grays, is far more reflective of my personality, of what I love, and if you've seen the photos of the DIY projects and things I've done recently in my house, like making the rooms the way I want them, you'll see that my whole house color scheme falls in with those colors. It's just what I love. It's peaceful, and it's beachy, and all of, all of those things that reflect me. So you don't want to put yourself in my situation where you're wanting to change your color scheme um, every so often. So choose something that you love and that you're going to want to work with for a while. Also, when you choose your colors, make sure that whatever program you're using, that you write down the names or numbers of those colors so that you can exactly reproduce them again. When you choose your name... You want to make sure you don't box yourself in. And we talked about this in another episode when we were talking about selling your art. Um, And like I said, my name originally was One Artsy Mama. Because when I started, I was a stay-at-home mom who was looking to do something as an outlet for myself while I was taking care of my son. And I primarily shared things that we were making together. It was all about being a mom and being an artist too. And that's kind of where I thought I was going with things. But kids grow up. And as my son grew up, we were doing less and less of the art together. He went to school and here I was starting to do things and create art of my own. And I felt like I had put myself in this box where everyone only expected to come to me for kids crafts. They were looking at other people when it came to more serious art and hand lettering and things of that sort. So in order to make myself more relevant across all the different categories, as well as more recognizable, I wanted to go by my name. When I produced my first book, Hand Lettering for Relaxation, with Page Street back in June of 2000, no, July of 2017, um, it came out 
under Amy Latta, founder of One Artsy Mama, because that's how people knew me online. And I had this break between my name, which was appearing on my book, and my blog name, which was something independent. And so I kind of gradually made that switch over to Amy Latta Creations so that people can associate the books and the business together. So all that to say, make sure that as you're choosing your name for your brand and your business that you don't put yourself in too small of a box. I boxed myself in as a mom, as someone who did kids crafts primarily, and I grew out of that box. So you want to make sure that what you call yourself encompasses everything that you may want to do. Make sure that it's broad and more general so that you don't outgrow it too quickly. On social media, I recommend that your avatar photo be your face because people want a person to connect with, like we said earlier, and not a logo. Invest in good headshots. I have a good friend who's awesome at that, and every so often I have her come to the house, and she does headshots, and most recently we did them in my craft room, and it was awesome because she could take pictures of me in my creative space. So if you can find someone who will come on location for you, that is ideal because they can get you in your own environment, you're relaxed, and it shows you working. It shows your creativity. um, It shows you doing what you do best. But however you're able to get them, get a good headshot. It is worth the investment and then use that to represent yourself because that's what people want to see. They want the person behind the brand. The other thing that we want to emphasize is just that consistency. Everywhere that people go across the board, whether it's your website, your Facebook, your Pinterest, your Twitter, your Instagram, everywhere they go, if they land on a page of yours, they should say, ah, this belongs to fill in your brand here. So they know that they're in the right place and then they're ready to explore and engage. They should never look at it and wonder, oh, did I click the right link? They should know immediately from the colors, the images, the style that they're in the right spot. I also recommend keeping your social media handles consistent. I used to have a variety of different things just because of what was available at the time. But now I am Amy Latta Creations everywhere on social media except Twitter because that handle was too long. It's easy to remember. It's easy to find. So make it easy for people instead of confusing and more difficult than it needs to be. So these three questions, what does my brand stand for, who are you, and how does it look, are going to help get you started on the right track to creating a consistent brand, something that people can identify with, something that they can engage with, and something that they're going to look forward to coming back to again and again. So I hope this helps you as you look at cultivating and creating your own brand, whatever type of business or organization it might be. And again, if you're running social media or something like that for a different organization, obviously you have to work within their guidelines a little bit, and you're bringing less of you to the table because it's about that church or that Girl Scout organization or the neighborhood or whatever it might be rather than you as a person. But I hope that those three things will help you. You know, those three questions can still help to guide as you're deciding what to post, what to share, and how to share it with that particular audience. 
I hope that you found these tips helpful today. And like I said, um, please find us on Facebook. That Facebook group is called Amy Latta and Friends. I would love to hear how you're working on cultivating your own brand and feel free to ask any questions that you might have. You can also find me, like I said, at Amy Latta Creations on social media across the board. And I hope to chat with you soon. Thanks for listening to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. For more inspiration, check out amylattacreations.com.